Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com, along with Stephen Means. And Douglas Maurice is not here. Douglas Maurice still en route to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl, we believe. We haven't heard from him. He's just, you know, he could be stranded somewhere in the the deep south. Uh, some sort of like, you know, deliverance <laughs> episode playing out. You know, um, you know, best wishes to Doug. I'm stuck in Chicago. I'm not driving down until Tuesday for uh, a cascading number of problems that have developed over the last 48 hours. Stephen, you made it to Atlanta tonight. You win the Cannonball Run. Buckeye Talk edition of getting to Atlanta to cover the Peach Bowl, where Ohio State is going to play Georgia on Sunday, Saturday, excuse me, New Year's Eve. I, I, this was my first experience with like travel hell. I, we're going to have to get into all the details nationally of what had been going on, but hundreds, if not thousands, of flights canceled, a lot of them from Southwest, which is what all of us were trying to fly. And what was maybe, is there anything that like stands out in your mind, like the, the weirdest thing you saw, like the, the craziest thing you saw? the strangest thing you saw, the saddest thing you saw. We all had to spend a lot of time in an airport to, with with no result. So I think the most interesting thing I saw was nobody panicked, you know? And you, and you would think that because, I mean, flights get canceled all the time. I can tell people all day about what happened to me when we tried to go to Nebraska in 2019. That was a fun time. But – you would think that, oh, flight gets canceled, somebody starts going crazy, being all you know mean towards the stewardess and whatnot because they're annoyed because they missed their flight. But then people start trying to rebook flights. When you realize there's nothing available to book, you would think there would be a level of panic. But nobody panicked. Everybody just you know went and got their bags and moved on and tried to find flights. And that, I think, shout out to America for that, man, for handling this the right way because – we all have a reason to be upset with Southwest right now. And everybody is handling that upsetness the right way. And maybe because it's some holiday cheer going on, but there are a lot of people stranded right now, but it doesn't feel like anybody's gotten this, at least from what I've seen, no one has been disrespectful towards a worker who has no control over this stuff. So shout out to America. Good job. 
I agree with that. I, I noted that last night when I was standing in one of the lines that I eventually walked out of because it was getting me nowhere. And I, I also thought it was pretty orderly. I think what set this apart was everybody is getting screwed equally. Nobody's mm. getting preferential treatment here. There's not like anybody goes up to the counter and then goes like uh, waving their arms and 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 in glee and running away like they just got called up for prices right. Like everybody's getting the hose here. And nobody's going anywhere. I was standing by the customer service counter at one point and the woman, uh, people come up to the woman and she would just say, all right, tell me where you want to go so I can tell you it's not going to happen. And whatever city they would say, whether it was Atlanta or Boston or Houston or Tampa or Albany, New York or Providence, it was the same thing. It was like, I can probably get you out on like the 28th and this is Christmas night, Uh, maybe by the first, something like that. So uh, I'm going to drive it. It's going to be like, I don't know, probably 12 hours, I would guess all told to get there from Chicago, depending on what traffic is down around Atlanta, which you dealt with tonight. So the whole crew will be back together. We will have full Buckeye talk skate later this week, but for tonight, it's me and Steven for tomorrow. It's I assume going to be just you and Doug, because I'm not going to be able to listen to any of the things that are going on on tomorrow. It's going to be Jim Knowles and five defensive players. Were we told yet who those five defensive players are? We have not been told, but I think if we, I don't if think we, we have, to- if we want to throw out some names, yeah, I mean, I doubt it's they the, give us Tommy because he'll say no. Well, he just went today. I think it's yeah. let's play let's play the guessing game. I'm going to say Zach Harrison. I'm going to say Ronnie Hickman. I'm going to say uh, maybe Teron Vincent. Tanner McAllister. Gonna say, no, Tanner McAllister would be a good one. JT Tuimolowau. Because they typically, yeah, JT, the, when, when they JT. do the offense defense thing, it's not necessarily about team representatives and more about superstars. And JT's a superstar. Mm. That's that's actually smart. That is probably yeah. true. The other one I thought they might sneak in there would be Steel Chambers just because he's a Georgia guy, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, that's the wild card. But uh, yeah, to, uh, Doug and Steven will be texting as I'm driving through. See, 8 a.m., I'll probably be still in Indiana at that point. Um, 8.15, I think, is when they go. So you won't get text right away, but you'll get text eventually. Let's talk about what we heard today. So Ohio State got into Atlanta on Sunday night. They had a little uh, meal together that the Peach Bowl threw for them. So the whole traveling party, coaches, staff, everybody got to be involved with that. They brought Santa out for the little kids and got some gifts and stuff. Sounds like a good old time. But today, back at practice, they said it was a really good practice. And it sort of continues a vibe that they've been putting out since the Michigan game. And I guess you would only put them expect them to put out a good vibe, especially once they find out they were back in the playoff. But I'm I'm starting to think there could be a little something to this that this is a team that is playing with a little bit of edge, a little bit of juice right now, because whether it is the second life and not wanting to squander that, whether it is wanting to bury the Michigan loss and knowing that they could actually sort of do that without playing Michigan again this year. If you if you beat Georgia and win a national championship, regardless of who you play, that counters that somewhat. Uh, at least it counters the mood of it. It counters the season-endingness of it because the season isn't over. I, I'm just getting that vibe that this is a team that does have a little bit more edge than maybe it was walking into the last weeks of this season with. And that's it's an interesting contrast because they should have had that edge. I know the injuries were getting in the way, and I think those really did throw some things off. But coming out of that Penn State game, that should have been a team with a lot of edge. And I don't know if they really found it relative to their potential, uh, even against Maryland, certainly not against Michigan. Yeah, I do think some of this is just simply 
when you have more time to prepare for stuff, you can do more stuff and you don't have to immediately get into game prep. And so even before they had those couple of practices before they found out they were in the playoff, it's good on good. It's competitive. It's back to the fundamentals. It's just simple football stuff that creates some of that edge. You even wrote about, you know, JT giving that speech that kind of sparked a lot of this stuff here. So it, it starts there. And then maybe you do a, you probably do that a lot more often because you don't have to start game prep. You know, that Monday when you find out you're on, the, you, you start preparing and stuff, but you can still do a lot of competitive, competitive stuff. And then maybe when you get to the bowl start, bowl, bowl week, that's when you zero in on a lot of the X's and O's game prep install and stuff like that and turn it into more of a, a normal game week. But it does feel like when you have more time like that, because you can't do that during the season, you get one real competitive day every week and that's Tuesday. But other than that, you're doing a lot of, you know, game week prep. And so probably some of that is just drawing from that, but then also, they did lose the last time they played football and there's nothing more motivating than losing at home to your rival who then plants a flag in the middle of your field to get that edge back. So Kirby smart was asked about that. Ironically, obviously Ohio state players and coaches have been asked about this and will be asked about it again a lot for the next couple of days, but Kirby smart Georgia coach was asked about it because he does have a little bit of a perspective on this last year. Georgia was 12 and 0 rolling right along. They go to play Alabama in the SEC championship game and Alabama beats them. And it was kind of convincing. Like Alabama went in and, and smacked them around a little bit. And how did that win affect them? Because then obviously they had to come right back out the next week, play Michigan, which was coming off of a, a big high and was surging into the playoff a little bit with as much confidence as it had had. And you win that game and then you got to go, try to avenge yourself against Alabama. It's a similar, uh, a lot of that is, is a similar dynamic to what Ohio state is facing. And this is what he was, he was asked about uh, whether he looked back and thought that there were things that that loss had uh, helped them with, you know, focus, energy, whatever. And Kirby smart said this quote, yeah, it really centered things. You recalibrate and you look back and sometimes the reality of your weaknesses pop up a lot more in a loss. We to say why you got to lose to learn you shouldn't have to do that but it certainly is a wake-up call in teams i've been with it recentered everybody and refocused everybody and that's sort of the dynamic that ohio state is hoping that it has this week that it whatever was whatever was holding them back in some important ways in those last couple weeks and injuries were certainly a part of it especially on offense because the running game was completely out of sync with not knowing who was going to play snap to snap but there was more to it than that. And did did whatever happened against Michigan that day and then the process of revisiting it and correcting it and kind of steadying it and having it thrown back in your face as this is where, you know, these improvements are, are critical to this next game. You know, does it make Ohio State a better team? I wrote a piece for Monday morning that was kind of musing on the idea that we've seen all the pieces of a, of a of the great Ohio State team that could win a national championship this year. We've seen all the pieces at some point this year, but they certainly weren't evident against Michigan and can they put them back together? Did did maybe maybe that's where the the focus concept comes in the most cuz they look at this pile of pieces and focus and arrange them the correct way to go out and beat Georgia. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that they're playing Georgia. And as you talked about, Kirby, talking about some of this stuff, 
they're playing a team who was literally in their shoes a year ago. And obviously Alabama and Georgia aren't rivals, but that's who Georgia has been chasing ever since Kirby smart left Alabama to take that job. And it has been some sort of mental hurdle where no matter how talented these Georgia teams are, they often get on the field with Alabama and they crumble in some way. And sometimes it's a blowout in some other ways it's you lose to a true freshman who just came in at halftime and beat you in overtime, but it's, it's always been this mental hurdle. And even last year, historic defense, one of the greatest defenses we've seen in the last two decades. And they get on the field with with Alabama, and Alabama makes it look very easy to pick that defense apart. They come back and avenge that loss. Granted, some of that is Jamison Williams and John Mechie didn't play, which I I, I wrote a piece on the side from, from my, detailing some of that and how Ohio State has a lot of those pieces to do the exact same things. But still, the way they handled the playoff going forward and how they beat Michigan and it weren't a lot of excitement and wasn't a lot of like, Oh, we accomplished something. It's like, no, we still have business to do regardless of who they were playing. They, they channeled that energy in a way where it didn't become something they overthought. And maybe that's been part of this thing with Ryan day and the Michigan thing is maybe they're overthinking it a little bit, which leads him to say things like we need to be more aggressive, play more loose. And CJ Stroud has alluded to some of that stuff as well. They didn't play in the Big Ten championship game, but they played in the Big Ten championship game as the two best teams in the Big Ten, regardless of who actually played in Lucas Oil Stadium that weekend. So here we are. It's the same exact position. It's a better team. Ohio State has to play before they get a potential chance at Michigan. But it's 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 wrap. It's 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 almost you know serving as a as a way for them to approach this. It's obviously. They would like another shot at Michigan. But right now, even as, as guys get asked questions about it, it's almost like we can't sit here and lick our wounds about what did happen or even think about what might happen because Georgia is its own monster in its own right. And we're going to handle it that way. And we'll get there when we get there, which we saw Georgia handle it that way a year ago. And it ended with them holding a trophy. Offensive interviews on Wednesday, Kevin Wilson and five players. And then uh, the media day on Thursday, which is like everybody, it's kind of a free for all, maybe not people who are injured. Sometimes they hold those guys back, but for the most part, it's like the whole roster there. If you want to go talk to uh, a freshman offensive guard who was ranked in the 1200s or whatever, you go get him. He's right there. It'll be the one time you get a chance to go talk to him sometimes. So, uh, but obviously more interesting people than that. And, and some guys behind the scenes, we'll talk about that a little bit later this week. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to delve into a lot more of the football was talked about today. It wasn't necessarily a lot of X's and O's. There was some of that, but also just some interesting stuff about these programs uh, from a recruiting standpoint, especially we're going to hit on that when we come back and how close CJ Stroud came to being a Georgia Bulldog. You're listening to the Buckeye talk. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Steven, you were one of the people that was asking Ryan Day today about recruiting and specifically recruiting Georgia, because this is a place where Ohio State has been active in recent years. There's four guys on the roster right now, I believe. Uh, Steel Chambers, uh, Jordan Hancock, Kojo Antwi, the freshman receiver, Bennett Christian, the freshman tight end. So, and that's and three of those guys are the last two classes. So it's been sort of an increasing thing that they've been wanting to go into Georgia and get talent. And Ryan Day explained a little bit of what that was. It's not a necessarily a complicated thing why they want to go to Georgia and get players, but uh, he he gave you an answer that sort of laid out how they look at the the sort of uh, the, the rings, the outward the rings that grow out of Columbus from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, the thing I was, I, I think he did a really good job of laying it out, actually, and gave me a better answer than maybe I was expecting for is Georgia's a very good football program. And that's the, you know, the the big time school in that state. And we've talked at length in that nauseam about how Ohio State likes to go in the, you know, talent rich places where the big time program is maybe failing. Well, Georgia's not that case there, but they've still found a way to have success. They've had even more success in this 2023 class with Jelani Thurman and then Caden McDonald. And obviously they had Kay and Lee up until Auburn decided NIL was part of this conversation. And they were heavily in the race for some other guys, such as Caleb Downs, which we talked ad nauseum about how that, they basically finished second in that race. And so I wanted to know what makes it worth it and why do you keep going back there? And his the things he was talking about is it is kind of a radius. I like that you put it that way. It's less than a 10 hour drive, which, um, yeah, <laughs> yes and no, sure. <laughs> Not tomorrow from Chicago, <laughs> won't be. Yeah, but it is, it's in a radius where it is drivable if you really want to make it. But it's also, as he said, it's, it's an easy flight. It's, it's, it's a talent rich area. The thing they like to do is they, they start from in Ohio and then they almost go a six hour radius out of Ohio. They start there. But then after that, obviously, when you're looking for the best players in the country, You've got to expand that radius a little bit. So you go to places where it's talent rich, but also from they're thinking almost as a human. This is almost a human being story in a way where it's you're taking kids away from home, but not too far away from home. And that's part of the pitch with guys like that. And whether it's Jordan Hancock, that's a top 100 recruit. You know, Harry Miller was a five star recruit that was all Ryan Day out of Georgia. We've talked about, you know, going back to Von Miller, the most important recruit of the Urban Meyer era. He's from Georgia. So it goes even further back than that. But it's it's when you go into these, you do have to have a calculated approach when you're going into talent rich areas, especially when the, the big time program is a national championship contender. So how do you go about that? You sell it in a way where you almost sell this family aspect of it. And then you get the kids who kind of mirror that. You look at Jordan Hancock. He was originally committed to Clemson. So he was already open to leaving the SEC territory. And so was Jelani Thurman and Caden McDonald and all down the list. And that's an interesting thing because here we are. They're playing the school who they're also trying to raid their backyard while they're also in their backyard. Well, Clemson, going to Clemson would be leaving a South, an SEC program wouldn't be necessarily leaving SEC territory. They're, yeah. they're right there. They're right there. But uh, I, I think it is interesting, some of these guys that they're getting out of Georgia, too, because we've talked before about how important it is to for Ohio State that – and Doug was the first one that mentioned this, right, because he kind of broke it down and looked at the numbers – and those guys who are like ranked below 200 and above the like complete developmental guys, which you don't really necessarily go out of their way to get like Kojo Antry was like number 151 nationally. So he's like right on the border of what we're talking about. Bennett Christian was farther down. Um, 
um steel chambers even was steel I mean, chambers when he originated it was, was yeah so i mean that's almost the, the the kind of guy that when you go get them at the national level when those guys are coming from farther away and it can take them a while to break through from Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas thing uh, to hang around because you're also farther away from home. And I think he's right about Georgia. It's, it's almost surprisingly uh, not that bad of a drive. Again, we'll see how I feel about that this time tomorrow night, but uh, normal conditions, not that bad of a drive, very accessible from a flight standpoint. It's also just, but most importantly, why Ohio state had to have a presence there. It It is, you know, it used to be at one time that like, you know, Texas and Florida were where you really had to plant flags, but Georgia has started to catch up to that just in the sheer talent that comes out of that state. And, and they have to be involved there. Like they, you can't be a national program and not have a, um, a pipeline of sorts that extends into Georgia right now and be competing for the guys that come out of that state because some of them are the best players in the country. I agree. And it's, it's the same. I mean, as you see Florida starting to get better, we might start like as a state with Miami and Florida starting to come up, we'll maybe start saying it about those states. I mean, USC is now good. So we'll start saying it about California, Texas starting to get together with Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. So maybe we see it there, but with Georgia, it's so interesting because they have been up for a while. Now, Ohio state decided to attack Georgia while they were good which is a different conversation, but also because you know you have to because there's going to be talent down there and you have to be able to beat out Georgia for guys in its backyard. It's no longer just can you go find the talent where the team who's supposed to be good isn't good because that's not really a thing right now. You got to go where a team is also good and still can you convince that kid that, hey, staying home is not the best thing for you, but coming to play for us because as they told Von Bell, we need you to beat Georgia. They, they're probably going to need Jordan Hancock to beat Georgia. Georgia, the way this is, if he's healthy and he's what we thought he was going to be coming into the season, they're probably going to need Jelani Thurman at some point to beat Georgia. They need Steel Chambers, literally, because he's the starting linebacker to beat Georgia. So that's what the pitch is with those guys. And it's it's almost hyper-focused on finding the guys. They say fit a lot. It does have to matter. The fit does matter in terms of personality when you're pulling guys out of places where they could just stay for the home school and still compete for a national title where their parents make a two and a half hour drive instead of a 10 hour drive. Yeah. And just who else is pulling talent out of Georgia? You know, Clemson's pulling talent out of Georgia. Alabama's pulling talent out of Georgia. Like you've, you're also trying to head those guys off at the pass and, and, and beat those guys for the same players. So that when you get into this game, you have a chance to win it. One guy that Ohio state did beat Georgia out for, and this has been an interesting story to hear over the last few weeks. CJ Stroud first mentioned this, was first asked about it, I think, at the Heisman uh, stuff a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the lead up to that. And he said that Georgia was his number two team. Yep. And Kirby Smart went into a lot of detail today about what he liked about CJ Stroud back then, getting to know his mom, Kim, who he had it was very complimentary things to say about her, and just about. CJ, not just as an athlete, but kind of what we've always talked about, uh, maybe not so much from like a processing standpoint, but just from a demeanor standpoint, that when you're trying to find your quarterback 
you want somebody who is even keeled and who isn't getting overly emotional out there. And Ohio State has found a few of those guys. I mean, Stroud is definitely that. I think Justin Fields, ironically, was a, an influence on him in, in that regard. And uh, and where did Justin Fields come from, ironically, again, from the state of Georgia, from the program of, of Georgia? And, uh, you know, it, that was what I thought was ironic about this, that, like, one player that Ohio State did beat Kirby Smart for, Stroud as we heard today. And we've been hearing actually for the last couple of weeks, he first brought it up at the Heisman Trophy lead-in up to that, the media events for that, saying that Georgia was his number two team and that it was kind of close and that he ultimately picked Ohio State for, you know, I think some of the same reasons a lot of quarterbacks pick Ohio State as far as, you know, potential NFL development and that sort of thing. But Kirby Smart was asked about the other side of it today. Like, what do you remember about that recruitment? And he was talking about, you know, flying to California, sitting down with CJ and his mom, Kim, and how much he admired her and thought she was um, a really awesome person. And also though, getting into some insight of how, what he could see in CJ Stroud back then, you know, we've heard the Ryan day example, the side of things for all this time. Well, Kirby smarts, a different kind of coach. And obviously he had his assistants helping him with this recruitment, but his perspective on Stroud was also, was very similar. It's a lot of the same mechanical things, the, 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 the good arm, the velocity he can throw with, the touch of his passes, all those things. But then on top of that, the, the personality things that he saw in CJ Stroud at that time. And it, I, I thought it was ironic that he's, you know, him talking about smart, that is talking about how you don't want, you want an even keeled quarterback. You don't want someone who's too emotional, someone who gets too high, too low. That's obviously been CJ Stroud. Some of that's maybe California cool or whatever. That's always been part of his personality, but I think he was influenced also ironically by Justin Fields, the guy who came from Georgia, both the state and the program and got to mentor CJ Stroud for a year. And now that development process that started with some influence from Justin Fields and what Ryan day has done with him in the past three years is now what Kirby smart has to try to beat on Saturday. Yeah. It's interesting to hear that from other coaches because I mean, we get a chance to know these guys as media members, and it, it, it seems like a trend with Ohio State quarterbacks under Ryan Day, this kind of calm, kind of almost monotone. You know, They don't really let give you much. I think CJ's been a little bit more emotional than Justin was, but for the most part, they're all very calm, cool, and collected people. Even in the short amount of time we've gotten a chance to talk to Kyle McCord, he's typically like that in how he handles his interviews. Uh, Devin Brown has started to grow into the, the second time we talked to him. He was a lot more calm than he maybe he was the first time when it was just like, Oh my God, he's the new Joe Burrow. And so it's interesting to hear that from other coaches, but even the stuff about, you know, it's interesting to hear it from Kirby smart because he's not a quarterback coach. So that's a guy coming from a defensive pr perspective. Who's giving some of that, that some of those aspects about a guy he also recruited, but yeah, Georgia finished second. Michigan finished a distant third in that situation. And I think we had talked about this on a pod much. Imagine if CJ Stroud was Georgia's uh, starting quarterback the last two years, you know, here we are. It's like, it, it almost flips in that situation because now Ryan Day has to go up against the guy who should have been his emergency quarterback. But it's been interesting that Ohio State's last two quarterbacks, it basically beat out Georgia in two very different ways, obviously in order to get them. And now we're seeing that go head to head, but it's it, it, it's always interesting to see things when you when you when you there's an understanding of how a room's demeanor is, and when you see that be you know 
voice from people who were outside the program looking in, who just had a very short relationship with them based off of recruiting. It kind of validates a lot of that stuff. Ironically, I've used that word a lot in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Georgia went with the anti-CJ Stroud. They went with Stetson Bennett IV. I am not going to do the voice. Doug is not here. I think only Doug should do the voice. And as he has said, maybe it's time to retire the voice at this point. Now that Stetson Bennett could win a second national championship. But, you know, a two-star prospect, which if people don't know, like a two-star prospect, depending on where you are in the numbers, is right on the cusp of just not having a star. Like you're – it's it's almost nothing. Uh, it's, it's pretty lowly ranked. Uh, Ohio State – like rarely if ever has a two-star high school prospect on their roster. Do you remember who the last two-star Ohio State non-walk-on would have been? Well, actually, that's not even a good example because Stetson Bennett was a walk-on. Yeah. He went um, to junior college for one year and then was a preferred walk-on after that. Yeah, I don't think two stars can offer, but maybe the Trestle era, that just seems like something Jim Trestle would go find a two-star kid from Youngstown, Ohio. But no, that's not – Yeah. That's oh, not happening. Yes. <laughs> if there's there should be more stars next to your name than there are stoplights in your town, and you're a we'll find I a agree. place for you at the bottom of yep. the Ohio State football roster in <laughs> 1992 or whatever. But you know, it, it has worked out very well. This would be a better question, I guess, for a Georgia podcast, so we won't go down this lane very much. But like, man, imagine imagine these last two Georgia teams, this one and last year with CJ Stroud throwing passes instead of Stetson Bennett? I don't think Georgia loses to Alabama last year. C.J. Stroud was their starting quarterback mixed with what that defense was because then they could keep up scoring-wise. But it almost – it would be interesting. Now that we've seen C.J. Stroud throw to the tight end more consistently, that pairing of him and Brock Bowers would be interesting to watch. And especially with the way they use him, Brock Bowers is basically the tight end version of Jackson Smith, the Jigba for them. That would be – I'd sign up to see that in the NFL. Someone might someday, depending on where these guys end up yeah. heading at, at this point. We're going to take another break there. We're going to come back and finish off what we heard today from Ohio State in Georgia here on the opening day of Peach Bowl Media Week. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. Get the text, 614-350-3315. We were texting today from these Zoom calls we had with Ryan Day, Kirby Smart, and the players. Doug and Steven will be texting on Tuesday morning while I'm zipping across the interstate from Chicago to Atlanta. Uh, We'll all all be involved on Wednesday again and throughout the rest of the week, so it's going to be valuable. If you have not signed up yet for the free trial, can't think of a better time. Well, actually, I can think of a better time. It would have been about, you know, eight days ago when you would have got mm-hmm. more out of it, I suppose, and you could have gotten it through the next game. And actually, we're getting up close to a spot where it would take you through the national championship this week. Sometimes this week, think about signing up for it. Two-week free trial, three ninety-nine a month after that from Buckeye Talk. What else, Stephen? What else do we hear today? Anything else that caught your ear? Yeah, I, I think... It is kind of interesting, and and some of this is just, you know, media. we got to talk about something here, but there's going to be a lot of talk about Brock Bowers and how he can help Georgia and how he's their best weapon and Georgia's tight ends are this and that and the third. Kate Stover has proven to be a pretty quality weapon for Ohio State, and we've seen Ohio State 
in these playoff games rely on their their tight ends. And I'm obviously part of the issue is they picked the two guys who were not going to take the bait on any of that stuff. But I do think it, it, that like the question is asked by Tony Gerben by Buckeye, Buckeye Huddle. But it is interesting. We've seen Ohio State do that before, use its tight ends to win a playoff game. And it's used Kate Stover more than it's used any tight end in the past four or five years here. And uh, it, it does have, have me wondering a little bit. He's a captain. Yes, that's why he's up there. But what what they might have in store for a Cade Stover on Saturday, especially since this is a guy who think about it. The last time they played the bowl game, he was playing linebacker for this team. And so stuff like that. Uh, that that more than anything else popped out to me, but then also the way the Georgia players talked about CJ Stroud, you know, and they had an admiration for him that was almost very similar to the way they talked about Bryce Young last year, where they, they're, they're not, it's, it's not even the running part of the aspect, but they know they're very aware that he has the ability to pick them apart if they don't get pressure on. Stover also came through with one of the, what's going to stand up, I think is one of the quotes of the week. And he was asked by Austin Ward from Rivals about being sort of banged up down the stretch and having to play through that and how much that affected him. And Stover said, quote, everybody is banged up at the end of the season. Whether how much it affected me or not, I'll never admit it because that's just the way it is. You can't be like that. You're playing football. You signed up to get beat up, so you better play beat up. And (laughs) then he kind of went into, you know, it's been nice to like – get healed up the last couple of weeks but i mean that's i mean you signed up to get beat up so you'd better play beat up i know there's you know and 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 i'm i'm as much of a you know uh advocate for player safety and stuff as anybody i suppose but i get what he's saying there that it's it, it's more the mentality it's not necessarily that you have to uh, wreck your body at all costs it's more that this is a violent game and you have voluntarily signed up for it, and you need to meet that violence with a certain mindset, within reason, uh, put it on the line. And I think that's what he feels like he was doing there. One last thing I want to bring up here before we get out of here. Um, Tommy, Tommy Eichenberg is actually, quote, goal when you allow him to just kind of run with it a little bit. He got asked about Georgia's rushing game. Here's his quote. I think all around, I mean, they've got a good old line, good running back, and a good scheme. So I think when you put all those together, it'll be pretty good. Simple analysis from a guy who does not ever want to talk to us. They're good. <laughs> I think there's been some pushback on whether or not Tommy Eichenberg actually grunts, but at least once per interview, somebody will ask him a question and he will start the interview by saying, mm. mm-hmm. like there's always like a little, it's almost like a throat clear, but it's like a, it's like a, Oh, what a wise question. Almost kind of throat clear. Like there's yeah. an inflection there. And uh, I, uh, we have fun with Tommy. I, I think he's in on the fun a little bit at this point. And uh, I'm glad that we got him today because that probably means we don't get him when we get defensive players on Tuesday. Um, We'll probably get a a stack of other guys. I would expect Zach Harrison and maybe JT Tuimaloao and maybe Teron Vincent and maybe uh, Ronnie Hickman. Sounds right. How many is that? Four that I just named off? You're supposed to get five. You may throw – maybe they'll throw Georgia native Steel Chambers. Yeah, maybe you throw Denzel Burke or Cam Brown. Cam Brown would probably be – a, a likely pick for something like that being a veteran and a starter and all that stuff. Maybe Tanner McAllister or somebody like that. 
So yeah, we'll see who they get. Um, but it's you and Doug. It's the you and Doug show on Tuesday. I will be trying to safely transport myself across the country, more or less. So good luck to you guys. I will catch up with you on Tuesday night going into Wednesday. A lot of coverage coming this week from Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird. He was Stephen Means from Chicago and Atlanta. That was Buckeye Talk.